this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. Welcome back to Experience Eden on This Side of Heaven. Today we'll be doing our third episode in our Hope in End Times series. Yes, this one is going to be about the tribulation period. It's going to be about the mark of the beast and pretty much the last opportunity to repent for non-believers. Before we get into that, I just want to talk a little bit about the last two. So in the first one, we talked about, you know, the signs and the events leading up to the end times. Um, In the second one, we talked about the rapture, and that is when Jesus pulls up all the believers living and dead to be up with him in heaven. Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) Can't wait. wait. But um, I wanted to say this verse, and it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So, ugh. How amazing is that to hear for believers? Because the tribulation, there is a lot of wrath in that time period. But Jesus is so gracious to those who believe in him that he pulls us up before that. So lots of hope for that. (laughs) And that's honestly why we chose the name. Is that there is hope in end times. And a lot of people and a lot of churches even, Mm -hmm. they'll stay away from Revelation because it's so intimidating because it's real. Yep. And this God that we've devoted our lives to, whom we love so much, who's so compassionate and loving, uh, a lot of times it's hard for people to reconcile that that loving God will pour out his wrath. Mm -hmm. But if he is loving and if he is true and honest and just then he must pour out his wrath as per his warning. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, he does what he says he's going to do. Amen. Um, so then after that rapture period comes the tribulation. So that's what we want to talk about today. So what is the tribulation period and what does that mean for believers and non-believers? So the tribulation does sound dark, of mm-hmm. course, and the tribulation period Tribulation literally translates to great suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole point of the book of Revelation is to warn us Mm -hmm. of deception and lies and manipulation. And so it is there to warn us of what's to come. Uh, There will be great suffering. But prior to that, there's going to be a lot of uh, misinformation. There's going to be a lot of manipulation, Mm -hmm. a lot of lies, a lot of misleading. Uh, So the book of Revelation is there to forewarn us of those things. Uh, And as believers in Jesus Christ, even though we have to take it at its word and believe that the wrath is coming, there's actually a lot of hidden joy and hope in this in this book. If you are a believer Mm -hmm. and we have been commissioned with the task of sharing that with people, believers and especially unbelievers. Yep. So this is a time period, you know, where obviously all the Christians are gone. Right. So then who's left during this time? That's the interesting part. So we believe as Christians that in uh, the rapture, we will all be taken up with Jesus. So all of us speaking today mm-hmm. and all of the believers who've died before us before today, um, we will be raptured up to heaven. So we won't be here to witness and to endure the tribulation and the suffering. So essentially what's going to be left on the earth is all the unbelievers, all the, all the people who either are atheist or um, polytheistic or anybody who believes in other gods or mm-hmm. God. And um, it's an interesting concept when you think that in the end of times, after the rapture, the earth is just going to be flooded with people who don't believe in mm-hmm. Jesus and don't believe in God. Uh, and it really just kind of implies anarchy. You would imagine, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Yeah, can you imagine that? And then everyone's taken up, and then people are just like, what is going on? Yeah, and even to, to piggyback on that, the misleading part of it, 
is that imagine how a bunch of unbelievers are going to explain that. And mm -hmm. we touched on that in the rapture yeah. episode. Yeah, we but did. But it's really intriguing to me how a bunch of unbelievers are going to try and rationalize this. And I believe that um, the enemy will actually use this as that form of manipulation um, because this is going to be the event that catapults um, mankind into the tribulation. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how they parlay that yeah, into or like what they're going to say <sighs> and to deceive people. Cause this time is a huge time period of deception. Amen. So it's just like, what are they going to say? That's exactly. It's going to be so interesting. Um, so why do you think the Bible warns us about these events that will happen during the tribulation period? Well, the cool thing that I like about the Bible is it is obviously a historical book. Mm -hmm. It is our history as Christians. Um, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more than an encyclopedia of God or Jesus's life. It's a history book that predicts the future. Mm -hmm. It's full of prophecies. Hundreds of prophecies have come true uh, in ways that were honestly unimaginable at the time it was written. Yeah. Uh, it seemed, it seemed so, um, unbelievable in early times that a lot of this stuff would happen. And it has even the prediction back in the old Testament about Jesus, the Messiah being born and dying and resurrecting. I mean, there's so many prophecies. I yeah. don't know how you could deny that it's a book of truth, mm -hmm. um, that it's a book of history and a book of prophecy and predicting the future accurately mm -hmm. thousands of years in advance. I yep. mean, that's a, it's a miracle in itself. Yeah, definitely. And I think also like it's, kind of beautiful too, because all, so all the Christians are going to be pulled up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the Bibles are obviously still going to be left yeah. on earth. Yeah. So like the unbelieving people, like if you would turn to read the Bible, like God has things written out for you right there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he puts us out there to help us and to save us and to inform us. Amen. And so even, you know, when we're gone as Christians and we can't talk about it, like you still have the Bible yeah. to tell you, isn't that great? It's so great. And you know, years ago, I mean, a Bible is obviously a sacred book. Yeah. Um, but I was growing up thinking you can't mark it. You know, you can't, you can't write in it or anything like that. It's a sacred book, which absolutely it's a yes. sacred book, but I like reading a book after someone's taken their notes mm -hmm. and written their thoughts down, you know? Yeah. And so really, I mean, that was one of the things that, um, really kind of was an invitation for me to write into my Bible mm -hmm. because like you said, even if I die a natural death long before the rapture, somebody's going to have that book yeah. and somebody's going to look through it and wrestle with the same things I'm wrestling with. And maybe there will be some clarification or some confirmation in there when the, when the next person that reads my yeah. Bible looks in it. And I think it's almost like, um, it will be like a legend or a key or a yeah. cliff note version of the Bible, uh, at least where I was at with my walk with the Lord when I'm long gone. And I hope and I pray that my my Bible is tangible and available after the Someone, rapture. Yeah, especially yours. Like, I would love to, like stumble upon your Bible because you should see her color coordination, like all these beautiful notes. Like yours yeah. is going to be a gift to somebody yeah. for sure. It's OCD, the Bible edition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's awesome. So, okay. So then talking about the tribulation period, Satan is going to be all over this, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. Satan, the beast, and the Antichrist represent the false trinity. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the beast and the Antichrist, the false prophet, and how they play a role in this tribulation period? Well, I'm going to piggyback and kind of go backwards for a second because... Um, Touching again on the Bible, there's so much. The Antichrist is mentioned, not just in the Revelation. Yeah. It, 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 he's mentioned many times throughout the Bible. Oh, of course. And there's many people in the Bible throughout, and even in more modern times, like Hitler, for example, mm -hmm. who you could argue was Antichrist. Mm -hmm. He was he stood for everything that Jesus stood against. Yeah. And um, so it's really interesting that this book that we're talking about, the Bible, that is history and prophetic. Um, one of the verses, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, is, These things happen to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of age. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a history book and prophetic and a warning. Yep. So 
modern believers, they have to heed these messages and these warnings. And Revelation is full of prophetic warnings mm-hmm. for believers. Yeah. And especially unbelievers as what's to come when Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet emerge in Revelation in the end of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really important. I mean, the Bible tells us that the Bible must be listened to, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and to, to read that and not take heed to it, I think is particularly concerning. Uh, and it's really scary mm-hmm. that, um, and that's why Bible study is so important. That's why we do our Bible studies is because, um, when you learn the, the societal norms at the time, the cultural norms at the time, um, different translations in different languages and how the meaning and the interpretation can evolve and mm-hmm. improve over time. It's so important that you dive into the word, um, not just to read it one time and say, okay, I read Revelation, mm-hmm. um, to really study it. I've been yeah. doing this for years. And like I say, a lot of people stay away from Revelation because mm-hmm. it's just too real sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's um, heavy. It's, it's a heavy book to consume. It's <laughs> and it's apocalyptic. Yeah. And it's, um, there's a lot of visuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very a very creative writing in terms of um, the description that it's given, mm-hmm. and so it can be a little overwhelming and a little um, complex and um, a little hard to comprehend at times. So the more you know about um, the cultural experiences that people had while it was being written, the more you'll understand. Um, but the amazing part of that is, so there's the Bible study aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then the prophetic aspect of it is there's so many things that are coming through in modern times that they didn't even have words for Yeah, when like, it was written. Mm-hmm. I mean, how prophetic is that? Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're trying just, to describe something they've never even heard of or seen. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't have words for it in yeah. the language. So I just, I'm so fascinated by the Bible and I'm yeah. so intrigued by it and I love dissecting it and um, really just diving deep into it. And it's critical that we do that. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's not enough just to pick up your Bible and read Revelation and go, okay, God, I got it. Yeah. You don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> I assure Trust you. Trust me. Yeah. I've read it so many times. And, but each time, I, I think God is so gracious and patient with me because each time, as I turn the page, each time I get a new layer of understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's so critical that we just stay in the Word and not assume as a believer of, you know, X amount of years that, well, yeah. I don't need to revisit that because I read it and I kind of understood it five years ago. You have to continuously rereading mm-hmm. it. And I really think we should read the Bible cover to cover many times in our mm-hmm. lifetime. But right now in the current age, I think if you've stayed away from Revelation and it's been intimidating or um, confusing to you, um, now's really, I think, an important time mm-hmm. to get back into it's it. It's time. Yeah. For and sure. not be intimidated. No, because it's not... I mean, it is dark and heavy, but there's still so much hope in it. Mm -hmm. And also the hope is for us to share what we know. Exactly. And so, you know, the Bible outlines this period immediately after the rapture as the tribulation period. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says it will be seven years. Yep. Um, There's so much of Revelation is heavily debated in theological circles and even with, uh, you know, cerebral science, you know, all these things uh, have really taken a stab at trying to either prove it, disprove it, analyze it. Um, and we don't know if seven years is literally seven years. Yeah. Time is irrelevant to God. But uh, what we do know is that um, this tribulation period that begins, it's the post-rapture world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's full of unbelievers who are going yep. to try and explain the rapture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's full of anarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be a period of um, a little chaos, I believe, immediately mm-hmm. following that. I mean, any any global event that we have right now that has any uh, ability to impact the world globally, um, it's tangible in our hands on social media within seconds. Oh, yeah. So there will be some level of chaos. And imagine the the confusion, the mourning of mm-hmm. people losing multiple family members, maybe all their family yeah. members. Um, you know, like we talked about in the last one, there's going to be people driving cars and caught up. The car's going to crash. Yep. There's going to be surgeons operating and they're going to disappear. I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be a measure of of chaos and carnage after immediately after the rapture that unbelievers are going to have to kind of mop up the mess yeah and then try and explain the mess Mm -hmm. so there will be a time of chaos and um they will endure a lot of deception as a result of this Mm -hmm. confusion and not quite understanding what happened so again i have to reiterate how important it is for us to educate everyone but uh, especially the unbelievers, and it mm-hmm. starts with the people closest to us. Definitely. Because 
if if the rapture comes and somebody in my immediate family is not a believer and they're left behind, I want them to have heard from me what to do next. Yeah. And that's critical to me. If I can't get through to them and Jesus cannot get through to them while, you know, before the rapture, I want to be sure that they know which direction to look in yeah. after the rapture. Absolutely. And that's critical. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's their last chance. Exactly. And when you think about it like that, you know, as a believer and a sinner, um, there's so many uh, Bible verses that give us comfort. His mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of verses that are comforting, but Revelation is not doesn't have a lot of those. <laughs> so <laughs> very there's minimal. There's, there's a few. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but the reality is, um, once once you have um, accepted the mark of the beast that we're going to talk about. There is no other option to repent. So we have to, we have a commission and a responsibility as believers to get this information into as many ears and as many hearts as we can before that choice has to be made and that decision has to be made. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So then going back and just talking about, you know, there is that false trinity. Mm -hmm. So how does they play a role in all of this? Um, well, this was something interesting that I learned in my study. Um, I've always heard of Satan and the Antichrist and the false yeah. prophet, and I've heard all of those things before. And even though there's three of them, yeah. I still never really made the connection that it is like the mirrored evil version of uh, the Holy yeah. Trinity. And so we Crazy. have yeah, God the Father, um, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So the unholy Trinity um, would be Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Revelation, he's often referred to as the dragon, um, the beast, uh, which is referred to as the Antichrist, mm-hmm. and uh, the false prophet. And mm-hmm. so that's another trio. And here's the thing about the devil. He he wants to be God. Mm-hmm. He tries as much as he can to imitate God. And he does. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And this imitation leads to deception. Mm-hmm. And Satan will so often twist and manipulate the truth so that it's I mean, just just slightly Slight. wrong, but wrong enough mm-hmm. to secure your position with him in hell. Yeah, that that he knows that it will work. He he's cunning enough and intelligent enough mm-hmm. to know that he has to lie to you. That is a lie close enough to the truth for you to believe it. Yeah, and so um, this unholy Trinity exists, and um, just as the Holy Spirit and Jesus um, deify God. Um, the Antichrist and the false prophet do the same with Satan. So they, mm-hmm. they live to worship and serve and deify him and inspire and in some cases force others to worship Satan. Yeah. And so it's important that we identify um, that, that these are real true entities and they're not the boogeyman and they're not something that's written in this apocalyptic book just to scare kids. Mm-hmm. They're very much real and ignoring the reality of their existence could be fatal. And so it's really important that um, without being too apocalyptic, that we, we assure people, look, these guys exist. Yeah. And they're going to deceive you and you need to be aware. Exactly. That's why Jesus even says it, you know, watch out that no one deceives you mm-hmm. in that time period, because this time period is just going to be great deception because the enemy is going to try and pull as many people away and keep them away as possible with, you know, he's sly, he's cunning, exactly. and he's going to use different system. He's going to use a government, you know, he's Mm -hmm. going to have all things in place at Mm -hmm. this time period. He's ready. Trust me. Like he's ready. He's been preparing. (laughs) Yeah. He's been preparing for this and he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's been successful in so many people's lives now. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine Imagine then he's, he's enticing Mm -hmm. Christians now Mm -hmm. and he'll pull Christians off. Imagine how easily he'll be able to pull his resources of unbelievers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's shocking to me. And especially with no Christians here too. So he has a whole pool of people. Yeah. It's Sodom Gomorrah to the max. Yeah, exactly. And everyone is Mm like-minded. And, um, and so the Bible, I don't want to forget this verse because it's so much in alignment with what we just discussed about the Bible being historic and prophetic, yeah. and it's there to warn us. First um, John two eighteen says, "Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Mm. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour." The Bible says it. Mm-hmm. God said it, mm-hmm. and so we really need to hear it and to receive it and to be willing to listen. And and the greatest, the greatest danger 
in the tribulation period is deception and yeah. falling for the lies of the enemy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people, let's be honest, a lot of the people that will be left um, will be unbelievers. So they are going to want to hear everything he has yep. to say. It's mm-hmm. not adverse to their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's going to be pleasing to them. And we are more likely to believe what we want to hear. Yes. And of so, course. so people who are living in sin or have an evil nature or who have rejected God or who are unbelieving are already in a posture to follow the enemy. So it's not going to be a lot of work for him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Anyone who has an opportunity, anybody left on this earth who picks up Jerry Lee's Bible. Yeah, right. (laughs) Or has watched Experience Eden or has had exposure to the word and to the truth prior to the rapture and did not repent. Anyone left in that time is going to have to really be aware of what's Mm -hmm. happening and to have this information so that they can buckle down and make some really tough decisions for their salvation. And it's, it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so important for us to plant these seeds now as Christians. Like that is our call for everybody, you know, that we really need to plant these seeds because there'll be a time when we'll be gone and our loved ones will be left behind Mm -hmm. and we want them to recognize these things. Yeah, exactly. And we have to love them enough to tell them what they don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. Even and have those hard conversations, those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. You know, it's, Life and death, literally. Mm-hmm. Well, all, every single human being is going to have to have a conversation with God in the end. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them have a difficult conversation with me than have that difficult conversation with God. Yeah. Amen, sister. Amen. Oh. <laughs> Was that a drop in my yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But it's real when you think about it like that. Yeah. It's yeah. so crazy. Definitely. Um, okay. So... Now we talked, yeah, a little bit about the Antichrist, Satan, everything. So how the first half of the tribulation and the second half of the tribulation are characterized differently. So what is the difference between the first three and a half years and the last three and a half years? Okay, so the tribulation is divided into the tribulation period, which is the first half, approximately three and a half years estimated. Because um, it actually, the Bible actually gives a number of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half, which is known as the great tribulation mm-hmm. again tribulation the great suffering, <laughs> the great suffering. Yeah. um so in the beginning um the antichrist um is is believed to be uh more of a political or a world figure mm-hmm. and he is going to and we've heard these terms i'm about to say and it's not foreign language necessarily but he's going to impart a one world system new world order mm-hmm. um you know, one world banking system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Antichrist is believed to be a man, yes, but more than that, he represents an empire and an entity. So mm-hmm. uh, more of a governmental, um, economic, uh, political leader um, that will seem to bring peace. Yep. You can't be a world leader unless you exercise some measure of comfort yeah. and peace among the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the beginning of the tribulation um, will be a seemingly peaceful time mm-hmm. after the rapture and the chaos yeah. of that dies down. Um, but then there'll be a time of seeming, um, it will seem to people like there is peaceful or at least there's unity. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. So then people might not feel at peace, but there will be a unification worldwide. Mm-hmm. And this leader will will be, you know, hailed as a hero for creating this unity. Um, the Bible says that he will, um, he will be uh, mortally wounded, but will survive. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says. Um, some people believe it will literally be an assassination attempt. Maybe somebody will try to shoot him. Um, it could be figurative. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an economic or financial blow. Yeah. Like maybe not, he's, yeah. yeah, we don't know. Don't we don't know. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be literally a mortal wound. It could be figuratively a mortal wound. Um, you know, maybe he bounces back from financial ruin and maybe, you know, there's upheaval in the world and he rectifies the financial situation and rectifies the global political situation yeah. and survives like, the mortal wound. Exactly. We don't know. And, I, and I'm just throwing ideas out here because we won't know till we know. Until we end. But, you know, these are, this is the symbol, the symbolism of revelation and it can be interpreted different ways and we're doing our best um just to try and do some studies and figure it out but there are um competing ideas on these things Mm -hmm. um but whatever it is he survived something that should have killed him yeah whether it be physically in his body or financially or whatever and the bible says that this survival of this wound 
will uh, endear even more people to him because mm. they will look at him as like that's a miracle, that's yeah. wondrous that he survived this, and it will actually work as a catalyst for more followers. Mm -hmm. And so, and that is the Antichrist, um, as you know, our research and our studies kind of revealed to us um, that he will be this figure. Mm -hmm. And the key, though, after all of that political unification and all that kind of information is his sole purpose is to glorify the enemy. Mm -hmm. His sole purpose is to glorify the devil and to have others worship mm -hmm. him and to turn people into evil and sin. Yep. And so he's known as the Antichrist or the beast. And yeah. Interesting. And it's so crazy. He's going to be so charismatic and just mm -hmm. so be able to sway everything. He has the answers for all of the world's problems, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just so funny because I always think of that. It's like the enemy never comes, you know, with two mm -hmm. horns and a pitchfork. Like, he comes <laughs> as like everything great and mm -hmm. glorious, but just enough to sway you, you know, just enough to get you where he wants you to be to deceive you. Well, yeah, he's going to lull everyone yeah. into a false sense of security. Like, mm -hmm. they can trust him. And um, the interesting part is he he will be so charismatic and trustworthy that people won't second guess following him. Yeah. I mean, unless they're, again, reading our Bibles yeah. <laughs> or listening to this, they won't, um, they won't foresee. This is mm -hmm. why the Bible is so critical to read. It will happen to them, and they won't know it's happening to them. And it's, it's really sad. And so this is what, this is, again, the Bible. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew 24, 4. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Mm. And so it's, it's so interesting that he's emphatically trying to warn us. Mm -hmm. And ironically, Revelation is the book that most people are scared of. Yeah. Is that not the work of the devil himself? Of course. I mean, Jesus himself is talking to us and telling us what to do and to heed his advice. Mm -hmm. And then after this uh, Antichrist is risen up and emerges on the scene and makes everybody feel comfortable, then the false prophet will emerge. And they're, they're almost simultaneous in appearance in the Bible. Um, but the false prophet will come. Now, he will be more of a, of a religious leader. Mm-hmm. And like we mentioned, um, this is the post-rapture world where there are no believers. Mm -hmm. And so there, most people, though, are still, there's going to be other believers of other religions and other gods. Yeah. And so um, people are still going to be hungry to follow something. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still going to want to identify with a higher yep. power. And this is where the false prophet comes in. Because there's going to be, after the rapture, there's going to be a lot of contemplation, a lot of confusion, a lot of stress, a lot of fear, mm -hmm. a lot of panic which would be the prime opportunity yep. for a false prophet to come in and scoop up all those scared, frantic yeah. people and give them something to hold on mm -hmm. to. And in this case, he's going to deify the Antichrist and more so the devil with everything he tells him to do. And again, that false sense of security and that love and that unity and the sense of belonging yep. that people will so desperately feel at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, that I wonder how, I mean, this just came to me, but I wonder how people of other religions will interpret the rapture because they'll have to go, oh, that Bible book was right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been following this other God my whole life. Maybe they were right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It just came to me. Like, maybe they will go, okay, we need to switch gears. everything. Yeah. And they could potentially be lulled into the, uh, the sense of security with uh, the false prophet. And I mean, this is going to be such a vulnerable time for yeah. mankind. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope, I hope that people left behind will want to cling to God, not yeah. a God, our God, the one true God, mm -hmm. Jesus. And, and what's scary is if they don't read this Bible and if they don't heed these warnings, they will fall for the wrong prophet. Yeah. They'll be so easily swayed, so easily, you know, I mean, they're already trying now to see, how many people can follow, you know, certain protocols without even thinking about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, it's the bandwagon mentality. And, you yeah. know, you don't want to be left out of the group yeah. and the cool yeah. kids and all that kind of stuff. And you want to follow the crowd. Exactly. And the false prophet, will he's not going to be a, a, a scary, mean guy. He's going to be charismatic. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a great orator. He's going to know the Bible. Mm -hmm. He's going to know what God said. And again, he's going to use things just mm -hmm. close enough. Yeah. To make people feel confident that they're they're following God, 
but really they're rejecting him and worshiping this false prophet. And so this period will be ruled by the unholy trinity, Mm -hmm. the dragon, Satan, the beast, Antichrist, the false prophet. Um, and, And it's going to be a time where it will seem to unsuspecting people that it's a time period of, you know, gaining some traction with unity, global unity, um, financial and economic strength. And then once the false prophet has so many believers under his belt, then he's going to switch and turn and begin the second half. Mm, There's an event that triggers the second half, and that is called the abomination of desolation. Yeah. So what is that? So the Bible says it's actually mentioned in a couple of places, and I don't want to mess this up because I didn't realize, to be honest, with all my studies and things, I didn't make the connection between Daniel and um, and Matthew and Revelation. Um, so the abomination of desolation is when the false prophet will restore the temple in Jerusalem. Again, people will feel like he's doing a great thing in the name of God. Yep. And he will rebuild the temple. And he will he will call people to it and to him and to worship. And then he's going to erect an image, a false god of him and wanting him to be um, worshipped. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to want to ask people to worship him. He's going to be able... Here's the crazy part. The false prophet will be able to do many signs and wonders. He's going to be able to make miracles happen like God, like Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's going to have that power. So it's going to be so easy to mislead people. Yeah. And so the Bible says that uh, the abomination of desolation, he will erect this image and then he will make it speak. And I don't know about you, but it will be hard to tell me that that wasn't a miracle if I saw, you know, a golden statue of some guy come alive and start talking. Yeah, you're like, what? And that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so it would be, it's hard. It will be hard then yes. to convince people that he is not the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so um, in the in the Bible, it says Daniel 12, 11, And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Mm -hmm. So from this event, the abomination of desolation, there will be 1,290 days until the end, (laughs) the end end. Uh, And that's roughly three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's prophetic. Uh, Matthew 24, 15 says, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. And this will be the great tribulation. Um, And it's amazing that, again, what we were talking about, how the enemy tries to use things so close to God that we're deceived. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do this in Times Square. He does this in the temple, mm-hmm. God's land with God's people. Yeah. He does see how close he gets to God just to deceive you. Yeah. So you have to be careful. Uh, and so this, this antichrist and the false prophet will, will unite and they will work together to mislead. They mm-hmm. will work together to impose worship of the enemy uh, upon mankind at that time. So that is the marker um, for the second half now it's the great tribulation. Yeah, and this is a time of the great suffering mm-hmm. um, and all that. And this is also when the mark of the beast happens that we're talking about. Yes. Oh. This one is scary. So, yes, this takes place uh, during the great tribulation. So I'm going to read Revelation 13, 16 through 18. It says, Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is 666. This one is terrifying. And, you know, in modern times, whether it be tattoos or the barcode Mm -hmm. or um, there's so many different things right now. The COVID-19 vaccination, people are like, is that the mark of the beast? You know, so it's it's been something that has been debated and feared, fiercely Mm -hmm. feared for generations. Um, And the interesting thing, and I want to I really wanted to research this, like, why is this even a thing? So um, I did some research, biblically speaking. And marking um, was a biblical event mm-hmm. uh, in many circumstances, in many situations. And it was always to, um, to identify oneself or one who is property of, whether it be a lamb or a mm-hmm. slave human or yeah. whatever, 
um, they would mark people and objects to um, signify ownership, mm -hmm. property. Um, people would mark themselves to signify uh, loyalty, um, a commitment. Um, so marking is not just something that pops up in Revelation. It's actually something that has biblical significance, mm -hmm. and it is an identification for purposes of showing ownership, allegiance, loyalty, these yeah. things. So this is not in here by accident. This is very strategic, and the beast, the Antichrist, is doing this on purpose because he wants what God wants and what God, only God deserves, which is worship and reverence, and he yep. wants that. So again, this is the imitation of what he wants to be, which is God-like. Mm -hmm. um, so the mark has historical and biblical significance. Um, the other thing is... Um, we have to be clear that the mark of the beast is a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. You have to choose to get it. Um, I don't believe the COVID-19 vaccination is the mark of the beast. Some people do. Some no. people think it's barcodes. Yeah. Some people think it's tattoos. Personally, I don't believe that. But um, I also think the placement is interesting. So in that, in that um, Bible verse, it talks about where it's going to be located. And... It's so interesting to me. God is so intentional. Yeah, the hand or the forehead. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about why the hand and the forehead. I mean, they're both visible. Not not all of your body is visible yeah. at any given moment, so that makes sense. But then I started really considering the, the deeper implications. And so as a human being, all of your behaviors are thoughts first. Mm -hmm. And so your convictions and your beliefs and your loyalty and your thoughts, they originate here. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a great place to identify what's going on in yeah, here, right? Right. And then your actions exist here before they translate to your hand yeah. and the things that you do. Mm -hmm. And so the forehead and the hand, to me, are symbolic of your, your thoughts and your allegiance and your convictions. And your hand is what you do. Yeah, your, your actions. actions. Exactly, exactly. And so even just to take it back and, and talk about other things biblically. So, for example... Um, I want to be sure about sin. Sin doesn't just spontaneously happen. Mm -hmm. it, it is uh, it is birthed, and there's some time for growth before the birthing of sin. And so, use an example. Um, you know, David um, with Bathsheba, he he saw her, mm -hmm. he desired her, he lusted for her. At first, it was visual. Mm -hmm. Then it was desire and thought, and then. He took her as his wife and, and committed adultery. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that sin, he had Uriah, her husband, murdered to cover it up. So all of the sin is birthed here yep. first. Mm -hmm. You cannot sin if you don't act on it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, thoughts can be sinful. Don't get me wrong. But in, in the sense of the mark of the beast, it's going to be an outward expression of reverence and worship for the beast. It's not just mm -hmm. a thought. And this is the confirmation that Satan wants from people who follow him exactly. is an outward display to God. Mm -hmm. That I choose the beast, not you. That allegiance. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the loyalty. And he mm -hmm. wants he wants others to see because yeah. he's prideful and arrogant. Yep. And so um, it's really interesting to me. Um, but it's, in my opinion, this is going to be the last opportunity mm -hmm. for unbelievers who are left behind after the, after the rapture. And they're in this book of Revelation. This is going to be their last opportunity to repent mm -hmm. and turn to God. And that will be the refusal of this mark of the beast. Ooh, and what's going to happen with that? It says you can't buy or sell without this mark either. So if you reject the mark of the beast, you can essentially die of starvation. Mm -hmm. You could, you know, they might just kill you. Like who really knows? You're giving your life if you're not taking the mark of the beast mm -hmm. and that is your choice to follow Jesus in that time and to really repent and not get it. And it may cost you your life, Amen. but you'll be in eternity. Yeah. You'll be in eternity with Jesus. Yeah. Well for everyone. So for all the saints that are raptured, yeah. um, the ones that had previously passed away and the ones that are alive on the day of rapture, they're raptured. Yeah. Everyone after mm -hmm. every human after the rapture, Death is inevitable. Yeah. What you die for makes the difference. Yep. Exactly. So are you going to die for Jesus or are you going to die for the beast? Mm -hmm. And so that's the reality. Death, you cannot escape it after rapture. Yeah. Death is inevitable. And, and, and either way, it will be agonizing because the Bible says that people who refuse to mark the beast will be murdered mm -hmm. if they don't starve to death. Yeah, exactly. And so, exactly. And so what's crazy is that, um, 
And I want, I want to touch on two really important things that have hit me with this. And so when you, like, it's easy for us to say, oh, we would do that. Well, thanks be to Jesus for salvation. We won't be there. We'll be yeah, raptured. right. But for all our loved ones and all those that come after us who are stuck here, there's two really important things here. It's that um, with the mark of the beast, you're not going to be able to buy or sell. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to conduct business. Um, and so that's going to be obviously prob- problematic. Um, but we just kind of had a dry run, if you will, like a dress rehearsal for this. Um, and that was the COVID-19 epidemic. And what I mean by that is I don't think the COVID-19 was uh, a mark of the beast or apocalyptic at all. Because us believers, we'll still here. It's not happening yet. Yeah. But the, what, what's crazy is that um, it was a global event. It had global implications. Mm-hmm. There were global restrictions. You could not buy or sell unless you wore a mask. Mm-hmm. You right now we're getting into things with the vaccination, and uh, people are tossing around uh, vaccine passports. And yeah, you, you can't know, travel and do things you, unless you have it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so not only that, but you um, you have to like. I think some of the local places here in LA, like um, maybe Staples Center, I believe, has already said that you cannot enter unless you can prove you're vaccinated. I mean, oh yeah, there's restrictions already, and and. Again, I don't believe that the vaccination is is um, the mark of the beast, but it is a dress rehearsal mm-hmm. in how mm-hmm. the whole entire world can be restricted. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was really interesting. And now we have like computer hackers who are, you know, they're stopping pipelines and, and meat processing and food processing plants. And so what's crazy is in Sweden right now, and in lots of places, actually, they're developing microchips mm-hmm. as, um, and in the Bible times, there wasn't a word for microchip. Yeah. So how do you explain that? <laughs> right. And there wasn't, um, there wasn't even a description of this and the technology for this cashless worldwide society where yeah. you cannot buy or sell mm-hmm. or conduct business without it really didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now it does. Yeah. And that's another reason why I believe that we're in the end times so dramatically. Um, but these little chips, um, they're doing it a lot in Sweden. Um, they yep. are putting them right here in the meat, right here in the meat between the web of your thumb and your forefinger. And they're about the size of a grain of rice. Mm-hmm. And on this microchip, there's can be anything. Yeah, all your information. I mean, all, all of you. Yeah. And it can be your vital information, mm-hmm. like your, your, you know, your birthday, your social security. Yeah. It can be um, any health issues or health history. Uh, it can be home security. There's a guy, I, I watched a story on this guy, when he gets home, the microchip in his hand, is, when he walks in the house, turns Opens all the lights on. <gasps> yeah. I mean, it can do, it's like un- everything. unlimited. Yeah. Um, it can be your uh, banking information. It can be your cashless banking information. Mm-hmm. All of it in here with a swipe of the hand, um, you can have access to all of who you are. Well, what's crazy is, not only can you have access to it, but if if they can hack the colonial pipeline, couldn't yeah, they hack your microchip? Exactly. It's just a matter of time. Evil understands how to disrupt the world, no matter mm-hmm. what time we live in. Yep. And so it's so interesting to me that the people are not even considering this. Have you They're not just read like, the Bible? Oh, this is great. This is yeah. awesome. Let's get it. I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah, great. I'll have to carry a purse. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's mind blowing. And so. It's, it's so interesting that, that the, that this is being implemented now. And there's a, a company in America called Verichip. And they have been approved by the FDA. So that would imply that it's not necessarily biometric per se. It's more medical mm-hmm. related or health related. Mm-hmm. And so there's, they're starting to toy with the idea of, um, implanting these in people with dementia, mm. people who could potentially be lost. Um, isn't there one for kids too? It's yeah, they're talking like, about it. Yeah. Well, what's, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. Cause it's just interesting. Cause there's, it's just like, you know, you do that for your dog, right? Yeah. So you can go and like find them if they're lost. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, why wouldn't you want to do that for your child? Like if they get lost, you can just, you know, scan them and yeah. we can find them. Oh, so yeah. it's like, oh, you're a bad parent if you don't want to chip your child. Yeah, what kind like, of animal yeah, would chip their child? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of monster would not chip their That's newborn baby? That's nuts to me. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Even like on the, like this little social media neighborhood apps yeah. and stuff, when somebody finds a lost pet, 
And they're like, I, I took it to the vet and it didn't have a microchip and people are clutching their pearls like, yeah. that owner doesn't love their animal, they're not chip. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how people give in to this societal and peer pressure. And, and the crazy part is where does it end? So yeah. I have a child and I microchip my child. And the premise is you don't want to lose your child. Yeah. You don't want your child to be kidnapped. And if every child is legally obligated to be microchipped, then theoretically we could eliminate kidnapping. Theoretically we could eliminate mm -hmm. um, human trafficking. These things will be sold this way. Do you think a human trafficker won't cut that out of the hand? Yeah, right. Like, give me a break. Yeah. So, or maybe they you know switch it up they don't have an x-ray like there's gonna yeah. be ways to bypass this stuff for evil yeah um, always always but the interesting part is the chip itself is for evil yeah and so um it just amazes me how much we can be manipulated and the thing is we're a, an action immediate gratification society and so if you tell me something's convenient i'm not right. gonna go along with it yeah it's way easier <laughs> right. exactly like you said i don't yeah. have to hold the purse i don't have to have Perfect. a wallet my phone keys nothing just Perfect. a little chip on my hand let's yeah. do it we're lazy yeah we want convenient exactly. easy things mm -hmm. and so we don't understand this spiritual the salvation ramifications of these decisions and so it's so interesting to me and with with the microchip specifically um it's being touted now as such a fantastic and wonderful idea. And um, I don't hear any alarm bells going off like, no, this could be the mark of the beast. And I'm not saying if it isn't, then I don't want to scare people. Yeah. That's not my point. But my point is that the technology now exists to fulfill the prophecies of the Bible. Um, the mindset now exists oh, in culture completely. that... The more technology, the better. The mm -hmm. less I have to do, the better. I want a self-driving car, and I don't yep. want to have to turn on the light switch, and I don't yep. want to have to take my credit card out of my wallet. I just want to swipe my phone. I mean, we've just dumbed everything down to the point of convenience that we don't consider the ultimate mm -hmm. implications. And, you know, some of these things are harmless. Yeah. Some of these things have spiritual and um, salvation implication. Yeah. And that's just the reality of it. And it's not... I, I can assure you I won't be getting anything in my forehead or my right hand. That, I can that's assure you. for sure. And but this is the thing, we have to have the moral integrity and the moral courage when this happens. To stand up. To stand up and mm. be willing, you're gonna die anyway. Yeah. What are you gonna die for? Exactly. You ever hear that expression when you're arguing with somebody, well, well pick your battles, is that the hill you wanna die on? Yeah. I wanna die on the hill of Calvary with Jesus Christ. Yep, that's where exactly. I wanna die. And I'm okay if I starve to death, and I'm because I'm going to be in G in heaven with Jesus. It won't matter. Yeah, it won't matter. We're not here during this time period, but that's why it's so important for the non-believers and for us to really, mm -hmm. you know, dig this down and prepare them because. Mm -hmm. Once you accept that mark, there is no other opportunity. Mm -hmm. You you have no opportunity for salvation once you accept that, mm -hmm. and that's what and that's your choice though. That's mm -hmm. your choosing. So it's like, ah. yeah, you're gonna be. I mean, you're gonna be cut off from essentials. You're not gonna mm -hmm. be able to buy and sell. Yeah. I mean, thank God for Instacart during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Many people couldn't leave their home. Yeah. They couldn't go buy and sell physically. Yeah. So thank God. People stepped in there, you know, and thank God for the for the uh, ability to adjust mm -hmm. and to overcome, mm -hmm. you know, adversity and problems in the world. But again, all of these things are working out for our good right now so mm -hmm. that they can be used for evil later. Exactly. Again, that's that sense of security. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, technology is not bad. Look, it helped me during COVID, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. And so so these kinds of things are, are really, really scary. Mm -hmm. And um, if you are not in the Word, and if you are not faithful to Jesus, um, you will be left behind. Mm -hmm. And you will have some really difficult conversations to have at the end. Definitely. But mm -hmm. the good news is there will be people who choose Jesus in that time. There Amen. will be people who will see Jerry Lee's Bible. <laughs> and... <laughs> Who will catch on to these things and will be saved and will be an eternity. And that's what we want. That's why we're doing this, because we want everyone there with us. We want, mm -hmm. you know, to help our family. We want to help mm -hmm. those that are listening um, to just really think. Think about this life, what's worth it, you know, what we're following. Like, what's important, mm -hmm. you know, is salvation, like, your salvation should be the most important thing. Things of this world, like when I was doing studies for this, it was just like, blowed my mind. Yeah. I'm just like on how trivial things are in this world that mm -hmm. people obsess over. And yeah. this is the cool thing. Like we got to do this and do that. And it just doesn't matter. Nope. 
It's so, it's so futile. And, and that's the, the crazy thing. We're getting caught up in all this stuff is so silly. And, but part of why revelation is so scary to people is because it's dark. And because this, this conversation specifically about the mark of the beast, you will not be able to buy and sell. Mm -hmm. And the mark of the beast will seem like it's essential. Mm -hmm. And that's a big word that we just learned. What's essential, <laughs> right? And it will seem as though accepting the mark of the beast will be essential for survival mm -hmm. because it will be. Mm -hmm. And that's by design. Yeah. The enemy wants to make your decision so difficult yeah. that you will choose. Again, we're lazy and we like convenience and we, we don't like to be, um, we don't like to hear no and we don't like to not get our way. And so the, the enemy's going to work on that too. And so, you know, you have to kind of ask yourself, is technology bringing you closer to God or further away from God? Mm -hmm. Anything that brings you further away from God mm -hmm. is not good for you. Yep. And whether it be, it can go into idolatry or you can worship things and people and money and stuff more than you worship or spend time mm -hmm. with God. But sincerely, anything that distracts you from God and takes you away from God, whether it be any kind of technology, it will ultimately end up in the sacrifice of your soul. Yeah. And people don't really understand. Look at it that way because we love the convenience and the modern technology and all of those things. And God gave us the brains to, to in, you know, invent things and improve things and you know it's not all technology by design is evil but in the wrong hands yep it can be very evil mm -hmm. in the wrong hands anything can be evil yeah and so it's important to be aware of okay so this technology is being implemented how is it affecting me and is it leading me away from god mm -hmm. and that should be really the marker um, people are people for centuries have debated what will be the mark of the beast and i think that's a pretty good baseline mm -hmm. is the mark of the beast bringing me closer to god or further away from God. Um, and it will be a good baseline for you to decide, okay, am I going to, to put my intention and my focus and my allegiance there? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to stand firm on the Bible and scripture? Uh, and I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And this last 3.5 years is, like you said, great sufferings. There, God's going to be pouring out his wrath on mm -hmm. the earth during this time. You know, it talks about bulls. It talks about uh, the trumpets, the, you know, the seals that he's pouring out. And this is like plagues, um, just a bunch of chaos he's pouring out on the earth. And it even mm -hmm. says what's crazy to me is that people will know that God is pouring out their wrath and still not want to repent or still not want to follow him. And that's just so wild to me. Well, what's crazy is we know these things are coming and I mean, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ now. I don't want to have yeah, to make I don't want decisions. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to have to choose between a microchip in my hand and dinner. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Really, I mean, but so really, when you think about it, the pre-rapture saints, we have it easy. Mm -hmm. Being a Christian requires, it's an invitation into holiness. That's what being a Christian is. It's an invitation to holiness, to have integrity, mm -hmm. moral character, and um, to follow Jesus. And you know what? It might not always be convenient. And it might not always make you the cool kid. But it is a righteous and holy way of life, and it glorifies God, and it brings you closer to God and God's children who are so desperately in need of His love and, and to be seen by Him. Um, so yeah, living today as a Christian, I might not be the cool kid, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, uh, and I will stand for what's right, and I'm not afraid to have difficult conversations. But the difficult conversations I'm having now, and the fun that I might be missing out on the little Sodom and Gomorrah cities around town, <laughs> those um, those things pale in comparison to the glory of God. And yes. furthermore, what I could possibly miss out on right now by following Jesus is way more of a blessing than the fun that the unbelievers are going to have uh, post-rapture, and then they're going to have to decide, you know what? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't followed Jesus. I'm going to re either repent and refuse the mark of the beast, or I'm going to go along for the ride and accept it and really be damned to hell. Yeah. I so mean, it's crazy. scary when it you is. think about it. But there is hope for those people who don't accept it. Um, mm -hmm. In Revelation 24, it says, Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Ugh. 
I love How it beautiful. So <gasps> it sounds so beautiful. I mean, I'm hoping long before that I hear well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. <laughs> long yes. before that happens. Um, but what a beautiful visual. Yeah. And um, again, there is time in the tribulation period to repent and turn to mm-hmm. Jesus. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yep. Um, but there is time. And even the Bible says um, that there will be 144,000 and people who turn to Jesus and are saved from the wrath. Um, in Revelations 14, 3 and 5, it says, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb, and in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. These are people redeemed from the earth post-rapture. Mm-hmm. There is hope. What we're doing right now, this message that we're trying to get out, is not in vain. Um, and then... Revelations 14.1 says, Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And Mm -hmm. it was just, it's such a beautiful reminder that there is hope, Mm -hmm. even in tribulation. And so um, that's why we're doing what we do. And it's interesting to think that at that time um, that there will be people saved, um, that Jesus will still be knocking on the door of people's hearts. Um, But... Matthew 24 really brings it home for me. Matthew 24, 13 says, But the one who endures to the end, he shall be saved. Amen. Amen. (laughs) If you can endure to the end, if you're not afraid to die for Jesus rather than the beast, if you refuse the mark of the beast, there is hope if you endure to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is critical Mm -hmm. to educate to the world what is to come, especially for unbelievers. Uh, We need to get this message out that uh, until you receive the mark of the beast, it is not too late. It won't be comfortable. Nope. Definitely won't be comfortable, but neither is eternity in hell with the enemy. And so um, it's important that we get this message out, that there is hope. That's why we named this the Hope in End Times, because it is possible for um, people to be redeemed and to repent. And uh, I just hope that something we say um, resonates with someone today or in generations to come during the tribulation that um, we can really say something that sticks in someone's heart um, Mm. in the moment that really matters, where they come down to the decision of uh, redemption with Jesus and reconciliation with God and restoration in salvation, or they can choose the beast. And it's really sad to think that that's going to happen to so many people. I know, it really is tragic, but... That's why we put this together and we, you know, at the end of it, it's our choice. It's our choice to choose what we want to do. And our hope is that you'll choose Jesus because we want to see you in heaven with us, everybody, all of our friends and our families. Amen. And then this is another reminder that God has infinite mercy Mm -hmm. Um, and he's giving humans chance after chance. I know he's given me chance after chance after chance. Mm -hmm. Um, But Another comforting um, verse is 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. God does not want us to be succumbed to his wrath. Like we talked about in the rapture, Jesus wants us to choose him. He Mm -hmm. wants us to follow him. Mm -hmm. He wants us there with him and and to choose salvation. Um, So be a seeker of God's truth. Mm-hmm. Think for yourself. Yep. Don't be a sheep. Don't follow the herd. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go along with the crowd and do what's convenient and do what's e- yeah. easy. Have the moral courage to do what's difficult, have difficult conversations, make difficult decisions. Um, and yeah. this is one of the quotes that we love. If you stand for Jesus, you will die to the world, but live for eternity. And the price of being Christian will be your life, but the price of choosing the beast will be inter- eternal damnation. Um, sounds dark, yeah, but it's real. Yep, it's real, and it's something for everyone to think about. You know, where does your allegiance lie? Where do you want to be for eternity? Because the choice is up to you. Yeah, and uh, like we mentioned in our rapture uh, episode, was that um, everyone in hell is there by their choice. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not even God's wrath. It's the it's, person's yeah, choice. It's Every choice. human being has free will, and God is just giving those 
who he pours his wrath out on what he promised to give them if they reject him. Mm -hmm. So it's not a surprise attack. Yeah, it's not a secret. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not something that he crept up on you and he's a yeah. vindictive God. That's not true at all. Every single person who ultimately will live out eternity in hell chose mm -hmm. to be there. And the sad part is uh, most of them probably would deny that, yeah. but that's the reality. And so just... To be mindful of your choices, to be mindful of your allegiances, to be mindful of uh, where you spend your time and your loyalty and your energy. Um, and I would suggest um, getting a book, the Bible, read it. It's a historical encyclopedia with prophetic implications. And it'll transform your life. Amen. Amen. For the better. Yes. And, and so um, share it. Share this message. Um, we appreciate you listening to this. Um, we hope that it doesn't scare you, but that it's real talk with real implications and a real hope if you turn to Jesus and repent. We're going to pray you out. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for giving us your word in tangible ways, Lord, so we can pass it on generation to generation, Lord, so that we can heed your warning. Father, we thank you for your mercies and your patience and your diligence and your pursuit of us, Lord, even in our sinfulness. We ask that you continue to be patient. We ask that um, all of your children, all of your designated children, that they turn and repent to you, Lord, and we hope that we glorify your kingdom with this message, Lord, and we pray and that those who are rejecting you today, Lord, that you tap on their heart and they hear you and they open the door, Lord. Uh, we pray that, um, that all the saints living today, Lord, that we be bold and that we be unafraid to preach your world, Lord, and that we um, proclaim it to all those that we know so that we can really, really build up and glorify your kingdom, Lord, with all the saints here on earth and for generations to come. We ask that your word be preserved in all of the chaos, Lord, and we ask that you imprint on the hearts of your children, Lord, living and still yet to come, that you are the only true God, and that they must deny the mark of the beast, Lord, and turn to you with open hands and open hearts, Lord. We ask that you continue to give us this message. We ask that we glorify you. Um, by proclaiming your word, Lord, and we ask um, that um, more people hear this message that we are commissioned to tell, Lord. We ask that you open ears and hearts and minds to your word, Lord, so that you can save all your children. We love you, Lord. We give you honor and glory and thanks for your mercies and for your word and for the prophecies. And, Lord, for your beloved son whose blood was shed and we are sanctified and saved, Lord, yes. in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!